0: Section sixty-one of Scenes from a Courtesan's Life by Honore de Balzac, translated by James Waring. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peery. Vautrin's Last Avatar, Chapter Ten. It is worthy of note that at the moment when Lucien's body was taken away from him, Jacques Collin had, with a crowning effort made up his mind to attempt a last incarnation, not as a human being, but as a thing. He had at last taken the fateful step that Napoleon took on board the boat which conveyed him to the Bellerophon. And a strange concurrence of events aided this genius of evil and corruption in his undertaking but though the unlooked-for conclusion of this life of crime may perhaps be deprived of some of the marvellous effect which in our day can be given to a narrative only by incredible improbabilities it is necessary before we accompany jacques collin to the public prosecutor's room that we should follow madame camusot in her visits during the time we have spent in the conciergerie one of the obligations which the historian of manners must unfailingly observe is that of never marring the truth for the sake of dramatic arrangement, especially when the truth is so kind as to be in itself romantic. Social nature, particularly in Paris, allows of such freaks of chance, such complications of whimsical entanglements, that it constantly outdoes the most inventive imagination the audacity of facts by sheer improbability or indecorum rises to heights of situation forbidden to art unless they are softened cleansed and purified by the writer madame camusot did her utmost to dress herself for the morning almost in good taste a difficult task for the wife of a judge who for six years has lived in a provincial town her object was to give no hold for criticism to the marquise d'espard or the duchesse de maufrigneuse in a call so early as between eight and nine in the morning amelie cecile camusot née Pirillon, it must be said only half succeeded and in a matter of dress is this not a twofold blunder few people can imagine how useful the women of paris are to ambitious men of every class they are equally necessary in the world of fashion and the world of thieves where as we have seen they fill a most important part for instance suppose that a man not to find himself left in the lurch must absolutely get speech within a given time with the high functionary who was of such immense importance under the restoration and who is to this day called the keeper of the seals a man let us say in the most favorable position a judge that is to say a man familiar with the way of things he is compelled to seek out the presiding judge of a circuit or some private or official secretary and prove to him his need of an immediate interview but is a keeper of the seals ever visible that very minute in the middle of the day if he is not at the chamber he is at the privy council or signing papers or hearing a case in the early morning he is out no one knows where in the evening he has public and private engagements if every magistrate could claim a moment's interview under any pretext that might occur to him the supreme judge would be besieged the purpose of a private and immediate interview is therefore submitted to the judgment of one of those mediatory potentates who are but an obstacle to be removed a door that can be unlocked so long as it is not held by a rival a woman at once goes to another woman she can get straight into her bedroom if she can arouse the curiosity of mistress or maid especially if the mistress is under the stress of a strong interest or pressing necessity call this female potentate madame la marquise d'espard with whom a minister has to come to terms this woman writes a little scented note which her manservant carries to the minister's manservant the note greets the minister on his waking and he reads it at once though the minister has business to attend to the man is enchanted to have a reason for calling on one of the queens of paris one of the powers of the faubourg saint germain one of the favorites of the dauphiness of madame or of the king Casimir Perrier, the only real statesman of the Revolution of July, would leave anything to call on a retired gentleman of the bedchamber to King Charles X. This theory accounts for the magical effect of the words, "Madame, Madame Camusot, on very important business which she says you know of," spoken in Madame Despard's ear by her maid, who thought she was awake. And the marquise desired that amelie should be shown in at once the magistrate's wife was attentively heard when she began with these words madame la marquise we have ruined ourselves by trying to avenge you how is that my dear replied the marquise looking at madame camusot in the dim light that fell through the half-open door you are vastly sweet this morning in that little bonnet where do you get that shape you are very kind madame well you know that camusot's way of examining lucien de rubempre drove the young man to despair and he hanged himself in prison oh what will become of madame de serizy cried the marquise affecting ignorance that she might hear the whole story once more alas they say she is quite mad said amelie if you could persuade the lord keeper to send for my husband this minute by special messenger to meet him at the palais the minister would hear some strange mysteries and report them no doubt to the king then camusot's enemies would be reduced to silence but who are camusot's enemies asked madame d'espard the public prosecutor and now monsieur de serizy very good, my dear," replied Madame D'Espard, who owed to Monsieur de Granville and the Comte de Serizy her defeat in the disgraceful proceedings by which she had tried to have her husband treated as a lunatic. I will protect you. I never forget either my foes or my friends. She rang. The maid drew open the curtains, and daylight flooded the room. She asked for her desk, and the maid brought it in. The Marquise hastily scrawled a few lines. "'Tell Godard to go on horseback and carry this note to the Chancellor's office. There is no reply,' said she to the maid. The woman went out of the room quickly, but, in spite of the order, remained at the door for some minutes. "'There are great mysteries going forward, then,' asked Madame Despard. Tell me all about it, dear child has clotilde de grandlieu put a finger in the pie you will know everything from the lord keeper for my husband has told me nothing he only told me he was in danger it would be better for us that madame de serizy should die than that she should remain mad poor woman said the marquise but was she not mad already women of the world by a hundred ways of pronouncing the same phrase illustrate to attentive hearers the infinite variety of musical modes the soul goes out into the voice as it does into the eyes it vibrates in light and in air the elements acted on by the eyes and the voice by the tone she gave to the two words poor woman the marquise betrayed the joy of satisfied hatred the pleasure of triumph Oh, what woes did she not wish to befall Lucien's protectress revenge, which nothing can assuage, which can survive the person hated, fills us with dark terrors, and Madame Camusot, though harsh herself, vindictive and quarrelsome, was overwhelmed. She could find nothing to say, and was silent. Diane told me that Leontine went to the prison, Madame d'Espard went on the dear duchess is in despair at such a scandal for she is so foolish as to be very fond of madame de serizy however it is comprehensible they both adored that little fool lucien at about the same time and nothing so effectually binds or severs two women as worshipping at the same altar and our dear friend spent two hours yesterday in leontine's room the poor countess it seems says dreadful things i heard that it was disgusting a woman of rank ought not to give way to such attacks Bah! a purely physical passion the duchess came to see me as pale as death she really was very brave there are monstrous things connected with this business my husband will tell the keeper of the seals all he knows for his own justification for they wanted to save lucien and he madame la marquise did his duty an examining judge always has to question people in private at the time fixed by law he had to ask the poor little wretch something if only for form's sake and the young fellow did not understand and confessed things he was an impertinent fool said madame Despard in a hard tone the judge's wife kept silence on hearing this sentence though we failed in the matter of the commission in lunacy it was not camusot's fault i shall never forget that said the marquise after a pause it was lucien monsieur de serizy monsieur de beauvan and monsieur de granville who overthrew us with time god will be on my side all those people will come to grief be quite easy i will send the chevalier d'espard to the keeper of the seals that he may desire your husband's presence immediately if that is of any use oh madame listen said the marquise i promise you the ribbon of the legion of honor at once to-morrow it will be a conspicuous testimonial of satisfaction with your conduct in this affair yes it implies further blame on lucien it will prove him guilty men do not commonly hang themselves for the pleasure of it now good-bye my pretty dear ten minutes later madame camusot was in the bedroom of the beautiful diane de maufrigneuse who had not gone to bed till one and at nine o'clock had not yet slept however insensible duchesses may be even these women whose hearts are of stone cannot see a friend a victim to madness without being painfully impressed by it and besides the connection between diane and lucien though at an end now eighteen months since had left such memories with the duchess that the poor boy's disastrous end had been to her also a fearful blow all night diane had seen visions of the beautiful youth so charming so poetical who had been so delightful a lover painted as leontine depicted him with the vividness of wild delirium she had letters from lucien that she had kept intoxicating letters worthy to compare with mirabeau's de sophie but more literary more elaborate for lucien's letters had been dictated by the most powerful of passions vanity having the most bewitching of duchesses for his mistress and seeing her commit any folly for him secret follies of course had turned lucien's head with happiness the lover's pride had inspired the poet and the duchess had treasured these touching letters as some old men keep indecent prints for the sake of their extravagant praise of all that was least duchess-like in her nature and he died in a squalid prison cried she to herself putting the letters away in a panic when she heard her maid knocking gently at the door madame camusot said the woman on business of the greatest importance to you madame la duchesse the anne sprang to her feet in terror oh cried she looking at amelie who had assumed a duly condoling air i guess it all my letters it is about my letters oh my letters my letters she sank onto a couch she remembered now how in the extravagance of her passion she had answered lucien in the same vein had lauded the man's poetry as he had sung the charms of the woman and in what a strain alas yes madame i have come to save what is dearer to you than life your honor compose yourself and get dressed we must go to the duchesse de grandlieu happily for you you are not the only person compromised but at the palais yesterday léontine burned i am told all the letters found at poor lucien's but madame behind lucien there was jacques collin cried the magistrate's wife you always forget that horrible companionship which beyond question led to that charming and lamented young man's end that machiavelli of the galleys never loses his head monsieur camusot is convinced that the wretch has in some safe hiding-place all the most compromising letters written by you ladies to his his friend the duchess hastily put in you are right my child we must hold counsel at the grandlieu's we are all concerned in this matter and serizy happily will lend us his aid extreme peril as we have observed in the scenes in the conciergerie has a hold over the soul not less terrible than that of powerful reagents over the body it is a mental voltaic battery the day perhaps is not far off when the process shall be discovered by which feeling is chemically converted into a fluid not unlike the electric fluid the phenomena were the same in the convict and the duchess this crushed half-dying woman who had not slept who was so particular over her dressing had recovered the strength of a lioness at bay and the presence of mind of a general under fire the anne chose her gown and got through her dressing with the alacrity of a grisette who is her own waiting-woman it was so astounding that the lady's-maid stood for a moment stock-still so greatly was she surprised to see her mistress in her shift not ill-pleased perhaps to let the judge's wife discern through the thin cloud of lawn a form as white and as perfect as that of canova's venus it was like a gem in a fold of tissue paper the anne suddenly remembered where a pair of stays had been put that fastened in front sparing a woman in a hurry the ill-spent time and fatigue of being laced she had arranged the lace trimming of her shift and the fullness of the bosom by the time the maid had fetched her petticoat and crowned the work by putting on her gown while amelie at a sign from the maid hooked the bodice behind the woman brought out a pair of thread stockings velvet boots a shawl and a bonnet amelie and the maid each drew on a stocking you are the loveliest creature i ever saw said amelie insidiously kissing diane's elegant and polished knee with an eager impulse madame has not her match cried the maid there there josette hold your tongue replied the duchess have you a carriage she went on to madame camusot then come along my dear we can talk on the road and the duchess ran down the great stairs of the hôtel de cadignan putting on her gloves as she went a thing she had never been known to do to the hôtel de grandlieu and drive fast said she to one of her men signing to him to get up behind the footman hesitated it was a hackney coach ah madame la duchesse you never told me that the young man had letters of yours otherwise camusot would have proceeded differently leontine's state so occupied my thoughts that i forgot myself entirely the poor woman was almost crazy the day before yesterday imagine the effect on her of this tragical termination if you could only know child what a morning we went through yesterday it is enough to make one forswear love yesterday leontine and i were dragged across paris by a horrible old woman an old clothes-buyer a domineering creature to that stinking and blood-stained sty they call the palace of justice and i said to her as i took her there is not this enough to make us fall on our knees and cry out like madame de nucingen when she went through one of those awful mediterranean storms on her way to naples dear god save me this time and never again these two days will certainly have shortened my life what fools we are ever to write but love prompts us we receive pages that fire the heart through the eyes and everything is in a blaze prudence deserts us we reply but why reply when you can act said madame camusot it is grand to lose oneself utterly cried the duchess with pride it is the luxury of the soul beautiful women are excusable said madame camusot modestly they have more opportunities of falling than we have the duchess smiled we are always too generous said Diane de maufrigneuse i shall do just like that odious madame d'espard and what does she do asked the judge's wife very curious she has written a thousand love notes so many exclaimed amelie interrupting the duchess well my dear and not a word that could compromise her is to be found in any one of them you would be incapable of maintaining such coldness such caution said Madame camusot you are a woman you are one of those angels who cannot stand out against the devil i have made a vow to write no more letters i never in my life wrote to anybody but that unhappy lucien i will keep his letters to my dying day my dear child they are fire and sometimes we want but if they were found said amelie with a little shocked expression oh i should say they were part of a romance i was writing for i have copied them all my dear and burned the originals oh madame as a reward allow me to read them perhaps child said the duchess and then you will see that he did not write such letters as those to leontine this speech was woman all the world over of every age and every land end of section sixty one